Greetings everybody. Today we will be speaking about Jesus' authority over sickness, demons, sin and death. And we'll start with Mark 3, 1 to 5. And he entered again into the synagogue and there was a man there which had a withered hand and they watched him whether he would heal him on a Sabbath day that they might accuse him. And he said unto the man who had the withered hand, Stand forth. And he said unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath day or do evil, to save life or to kill? But they held their peace. And when he looked around about them in anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he said unto the man, Stretch forth thy hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole as the other. I chose this healing for two reasons. Firstly, I've seen a number of crippled hands healed. And secondly, we often have to pray for someone in difficult surroundings like Jesus did. Today, with whole countries turning their backs on Jesus, it has become difficult for Christians to pray for the sick in public. This is because, as in the times of Jesus, many hearts have become hardened against the gospel of Jesus, making it difficult for Christians to share their faith. In Africa, it is easy to pray for the sick. It's just getting them to believe. The first African with a crippled hand that I prayed for did not believe. He kept saying, I have not been able to move my hand for 20 years. So I told him to get his brain out the way and to stretch out his hand in Jesus' name. So he stretched out his hand in Jesus' name and he was instantly healed. Then he took a step forward with his stick. He says, if Jesus can heal my hand, he can heal my leg as well. And so he prayed for his leg. And the next thing he was walking without a stick. This man had suffered a stroke which caused his one hand and leg to become crippled the one side of his body. In Asia it was a bit easier. A sermon was enough. A crippled hand was healed in a mass prayer because the healing was received with such faith. But in England or America it is much harder because faith and belief in God has been educated out of the people. Worse still, political correctness has made it hard for us to witness or pray for people in public. Whom do we obey, man or God? God, of course. This means that we need to be even closer to Jesus to receive his discernment, his knowledge, his wisdom. Sometimes the Lord may tell you to pray for a person in a difficult place. On my way back from India, we stopped at Dubai Airport to change planes for England. As I approached our terminal, I passed a man in a wheelchair and the Lord told me to go back and pray for him. 
It was the same week after the TV news reported that two people had been arrested for kissing each other in a public place in Dubai airport. Now in obedience, I had to pray for a Muslim in that airport. Furthermore, I was a woman having to approach a man, which is not done in that culture. And the Lord said to me a second time, pray for the man in the wheelchair. I turned round to go back to him. How do I pray for him? How do I even approach him? Where do I start? Questions like this were going through my head and I walked backwards and forwards a couple of times, getting nearer and nearer, and then I sat down next to him with my luggage. Hello, I said, and he said, hello back. Are you in pain, I asked. Yes, he replied. He said he had had a car accident that damaged both his legs, and now he was traveling to America, and he could not walk, and he's in terrible pain all the time. Would you like me to pray for you? Oh, yes, please, he replied. So I prayed for him, and Jesus healed him. He then stood up out of that wheelchair and began to walk pain-free. He said, thank you so much. I said, it wasn't me that healed you, it's Jesus. Would you like to accept him as Lord and Savior? said, oh yes, please. And I led him through the sinner's prayer. We shook hands and he went on his way to America filled with joy. Nobody even noticed that I had prayed for him. And I left for England in the joy of the Lord also. And Jesus also has authority over demons. Casting out demons is not something we would really choose to do. But the Lord spent a lot of his ministry doing this. Let's look at Luke 9, 37 to 42. And it came to pass that on the next day, when they came down from the hill, many people met him. Behold, a man of the company cried out, saying, Master, I beseech thee, look on my son, for is my only child, and lo, a spirit takes him. And he suddenly cries out and tears him and he foams. And again, bruising him, hardly departed from him. And I besought your disciples to cast him out and they could not. And Jesus answered and said, O faithless and preserved generation, how long shall I be with you and suffer you? Bring him here. And as he was yet coming, the devil threw him down and tore him. And Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the child and delivered him again to the father. And then it goes on 19 to 20, the same that is in uh, Matthew 17, 19 to 20. I'm picking this up now in a different gospel. And afterwards, the disciples asked Jesus privately, why couldn't they cast out that demon? And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have grain, faith, as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, remove hence to a yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. The disciples were ordinary people, just like you and me. 
growing up, growing up in Christ and having to learn how to take authority over demons by taking command over them in Jesus' name. And there are different levels of demons. Some demons are easier to cast out than others. The more difficult ones will require prayer and fasting. You only have as much authority as you think you have expectation for. I teach horse riding and a horse will sometimes challenge you. One may refuse to move forward when you're trying to lead him. It would be no use looking at the horse saying, please come and just pull on the lead rope because a horse will see you have little authority and therefore challenge you and refuse to move. Do not give a horse a choice. Take authority over him, turning him slightly, looking ahead and say, we are going now. Amazingly, the horse will give up and obey you and come. And if you deal with demons in the same way, you will have the victory. You have to mean what you say. Don't give in to them one inch, but take full authority in Jesus' name. Expect them to come out now in Jesus' name, and you will be amazed how they will obey you in Jesus' name. And if you do come across a difficult demon that will not budge, be prepared to pray or fast for two or three days or even seven days before you try again. Show it that you mean what you say. Prayer will get you closer to God and fasting will help you come into the spiritual realm more easily. Here the Lord will build up your faith and give you specific instructions on how to deal with that particular demon and give you extra courage and power of the Holy Spirit together with the authority of the name of Jesus to cast it out. You also may, be, may have to confess any sin or difficulty in your own life first because any sin, however small, can weaken your spirituality whereas righteousness makes you strong. It's also advisable not to cast out demons alone. Jesus always sent out his disciples to who by two. So get someone who is also strong in faith to cast out the demon with you. There are many different ways that demons come out. They may come out of the mouth and vomit or green slime, or they may be coughed out. Other times they may throw the person to the ground and then come out. Witch doctor spirits can put a person into a supernatural spin first, and as the spinning slows down, the evil spirit will come out. Snake demons will cause a person to fall and slither on the floor and then come out. Practicing yoga can cause snake demons to come into a person. I watched a person get free from this spirit when she came to an Anglican house group. We struggled with one particular witch doctor for three days in Africa. Eventually, 22 demons came out of her before she was set free. Do not be alarmed at the different manifestations of demons. Just take authority over them in the name of Jesus and firmly take command in Jesus' name and they will come out. In Africa, once a pastor has commanded a demon to come out, he gives it no more attention but rather gets the congregation to praise God and within five or ten minutes, a demon leaves the person and the person stands up totally free and begins to praise God with the rest of the congregation. In Ghana, 
people who need deliverance are sent to prayer camps. Here, the dangerously possessed people are chained to trees on a lawn. Sick people come for their healing and then they pray around the grassy area seven times twice a day. Sermons can be heard pre being preached close by to these chained people. The results are that between three days and a month, all the demons have come out. The chains are cut and the person is sent home totally delivered, having accepted Jesus who have set them free. Demons hate prayer. They hate the word of God being preached and they hate praise and worship. Remember that in Christ, you are far stronger than demons. That is why Jesus said, if you have faith as a small as a mustard seed, you will have victory. So now let us come on to Matthew 9, 2-8, where we read about Jesus' authority to forgive sin. Because sin is the downfall of men, and death is a wages of sin. And only through what Jesus did for us on the cross can we be reborn into eternal life. It says here, starting at verse 2, And behold, they brought to him a man sick of palsy lying on a bed, and Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemes. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For whether it is easier to say, Your sins be forgiven, or say, Arise and walk, that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. And he, then he said to the man sick with palsy, Arise, take up your bed and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. But when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power unto, unto men. Sin often causes sickness and Jesus knew that sin was the cause of this palsy. So Jesus went straight to the cause, your sins be forgiven. For Jesus had power to forgive sins. To Jesus forgiving sin was as easy as saying, take up your bed and walk. Today, people often have faith to be saved, yet do not have faith to be healed. Jesus came to save us, heal us, and deliver us. All three are part of salvation. It is as easy to get healed as it is to get saved. In the third world, people understand this and they receive their healing along with being saved. Usually they receive their healing instantly. Yet, the highly educated find it hard to believe and receive their healing. I believe this is because it has been educated out of them. Most of our British universities started out as Christian ones and Christ was behind our education. But since Christ has been removed from our education system, 
what has replaced Christ? The opposite, of course. Uh, the Antichrist spirit is in control of our universities and colleges, which is why many Christians entering college lose their faith within their first year or two. They have lost faith, they no longer believe, and therefore unable to receive their healing. We need to pray for our young people that lie, that the lie of the enemy is exposed to them, that their eyes be open to the truth. Jesus alone has power to forgive sin. Jesus alone can heal our bodies. Jesus alone can give everlasting life for Jesus alone has conquered sin and death. In Luke 7, 12 to 15, we read about Jesus' authority over death. Now when he came near to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother. And she was a widow and much of the people in the city were with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Don't weep. And he came and touched the bear. And they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he, was, and he delivered him to his mother. Jesus first had compassion. And then he raised this young man from the dead. Jesus still raises the dead today, even through our own ministry. Following a service in Blantyre, Malawi, on the 7th of August, 2005, one of our team visited the local hospital. He used to do this every Sunday after church. On this particular Sunday, he was unable to get into the hospital from the main entrance as workmen were working there. He was told to enter the from the back of the hospital by going through the mortuary. As he walked through, he saw a dead man lying on a bed to his right. And the Lord said to him, go and pray for this man. So in obedience, he went over to the bed of the dead man and... He said, if the Lord wants you to live, then in the name of Jesus, sit up. And the man sat up as Jesus raised him from the dead. The whole hospital praised God for this miracle and insisted on keeping the man that had been raised from the dead in hospital for two days for observation before allowing him to go home. Not only was a man raised from the dead, but completely healed of the malaria that had killed him. He was only 30 years old. It is important never to try and raise the dead unless you have specifically heard from God to do it and how to go about it, as it may not be God's will to raise that particular person to life. So we need to ask God first. To move in the working miracles, we need to hear God and receive his word of knowledge. Ask him for a word of wisdom on how to do it. Then obey God and step out in faith and do whatever he tells you to do. 
the miracle will then happen because Jesus has gone to the Father. And Jesus says to us all, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believes on me, the works that I shall do, he shall also do. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. Now, many people are listening. Some have been walking with God for many years and will have found the sermon hopefully useful. But some listening may never have received Jesus as Lord and Saviour yet. So I'd like you to say this prayer after me. Choose to become a Christian from today. Say this prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I come to you as I am. Please forgive me every sin I have ever done. I choose to follow you in truth and righteousness from this moment on. Thank you for forgiving me. Please come into my heart and life as my Lord and Saviour. Thank you, Jesus. And some of you may be sick and you need a healing miracle. You can receive a healing miracle right now. Place your hand on your sickness or your pain. Just say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, Please place your spiritual hand on my hand and I will be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now start receiving your healing right now in Jesus' name. He came to save you, heal you and deliver you. Some of you may have problems with oppression or even possession by a demon. Again, that demon can leave you this morning. You can say this prayer as a Christian. Say, I command you, evil spirit, say its name. Leave my body now in Jesus' name. It has to come out. It has to bow the knee and come out. For every knee must bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and this victory Jesus won on the cross. And every sickness has a name and every demon has a name. So in the name of Jesus it has to bow the knee and go. So I command sickness leave these people now in Jesus' name. Any curse, any evil spirit leave these people now in Jesus' name. Bodies be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. A couple of things everyone needs to do. Make sure you know God in prayer. Pray every day, three times a day at least or more. Remember, prayer is the one thing that takes you from the physical realm where our bodies walk on earth to the spiritual realm of God's heavenly courtrooms in heaven. Remember when you've received Jesus, you're born again to eternal life. You become a son or daughter of the living God. 
You've come out of the kingdom of darkness where you were born in because of the fall of man, Adam and Eve eating of the fruits of the knowledge of good and evil. You're now transferred into the kingdom of heaven, which Adam and Eve lived in before they sinned, before they ate the fruits of the knowledge of good and evil. And this is glorious news. Can now rise up. And you can live from the spiritual realm of heaven where you have victory over sin, sickness and death. And one day when your body dies, you will then step out of your dead body straight into heaven for all eternity with Jesus. Where there will be no more sin, no more sickness, no more tears, but peace and joy with Christ forever. What a wonderful future every Christian has. Make sure you don't sin anymore. Do what is right. Truth and righteousness will give you eternal life through Jesus Christ and what he's done for you on the cross. God bless you greatly. And I will now hand back to our host. God bless all of you. Walk in Jesus.